What's one of the most dreaded feelings for a people pleaser? The answer, guilt. But here is the irony. We actually end up factoring the feeling of guilt into most of our decisions, into most of our interactions with people. It's that weird relationship with a feeling that you hate the feeling so much, but you spend the majority of your time trying to avoid feeling it, that it ends up being something you feel all the time. (laughs) Well, today, you're going to break that kind of obsession habit of guilt. I'm going to guide you through a practice that will right-size the feeling. It's a mindfulness practice that helps you kind of ride the wave of guilt so you actually get to the other side of it. And then you can use guilt for what it was meant to do, which I will tell you more about in a minute. All right, so let's do this thing. I'll see you on the other side. Hey, it's Vicki Smith. Welcome to Power to the Pleasers podcast. Want to start doing things on your terms and finally feel confident just being yourself in relationships? Well, you've landed in the right place. Here we break down your people-pleasing and perfectionistic patterns so you can move from being polite and doing it right to showing up, speaking up, and even laughing it up with people. Not sure it's possible? Well, stick around, friend. I'll show you how. Hey, everybody. What's going on? We are enjoying amazing spring weather here in the South. And I don't know about y'all, but once it starts to get warmer and spring starts to show its face, I notice that I want to be out and about more, right? I'm pretty much a hibernator in the winter. And when I want to get out and about more, and especially after I've and caffeinated, I start to make plans with people. I <laughs> start to fill my calendar. And what I've realized is I need to have another part of me <laughs> helping me limit what I'm signing up for. Because if I overextend myself, if I overschedule and overbook myself, then I will start missing things or I will start canceling on people. And both of those make me feel guilty. And so as any good people pleaser will know, guilt is an ass kicker for us, right? It's like an undertow that just pulls us towards pleasing. Um, And it's something that I've avoided talking about here, honestly, because I wasn't really sure I had perspective around it. Um, It is that tricky for me. But I recently came up with two explanations or reminders, or I don't know what a great word for these things are, but they are helping me untangle from guilt. And so I wanted to share those with you. The first one is guilt is misplaced responsibility. And man, responsibility is another strong current that keeps us doing the people-pleasing dance. The other one is guilt is a preemptive shame-fighting strategy. And I know those are a lot of words, but hear me out. As a pleaser, I can almost guarantee that you are preemptively assuming guilt. And you're most likely not even doing anything against another person 
yet. <laughs> you just time travel into the future and assume that when you do need to hold a boundary and you do what you want or need to do, that you will be causing the other person harm. And I seriously doubt that it's harm. It's maybe inconvenience, irritation, but harm, not really. Now, what guilt is supposed to be is a redirecting feeling that leads us back to the thing that went awry and helps us learn to do that thing differently next time. And it prompts us to apologize and change our behavior. And it's something that should happen after an event that didn't go well. And what I think we do as pleasers is add that feeling of shame to the pre-felt guilt. I mean, we are used to feeling shamed or criticized and the sting of those. So we assume that if we don't do what the other person wants us to do, that we will receive that criticism and that awful feeling of shame. And that is why I think guilt is preemptive and it's misplaced, at least for pleasers. Now, one thing that creates that powerful undertow I was talking about around guilt is empathy. And I know what you're saying. You're like, you just didn't say empathy, did you? Yes, I did. And I can hear you. You're like, but that's my best quality. How could that be bad? I got it. I hear you. <laughs> I am an empathizer as well. But let's, let's just hear this, okay? Let's just see if we can take this in. We are too freaking understanding as people pleasers too freaking able to see the other person's side of things and take that into account when we're making decisions. We're also too freaking keen to the other person's mood and needs. I mean, our antennas are up and we can we can just pick up subtle hints about what other people need before they even know it. I mean, we're that good, right? Well, empathy, at least too much of it, can muddy the waters. If you feel so much for the other person, it can skew your perspective of your involvement. You'll say things like, I need to do this because they are having a hard time right now. I should do this because they are having a hard time right now. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's a curse, not a beloved quality, at least for us pleasers. Now, I'm being dramatic, but I want you to know that you can curb your empathy and still be a kind person. And that guilt and empathy can work together, but only if you don't do the assuming thing that I shared earlier. You can use your empathy to hear the other person's hurt and to feel for them in a way that moves you forward and motivates the desire to shift your behavior to help. But I want you to think about it as helping the relationship grow and not just being there and being completely in service to the other person, right? If you use your empathy to overfeel for the other person before they have a chance to feel hurt or disappointment, then you're not using your empathy for good. And you're overusing your empathy to escape the awful feeling of guilt and shame. You're using your empathy to make yourself not feel like a bad person who hurts people by having needs and wants, aka being selfish. So if I can right now, I'd like to just hit that buzzer, that, that like 
eh, like no, <laughs> no wrong, not it buzzer and just kind of pause on this whole thing. Because even though I know that it's natural to want to avoid feeling guilt and shame and especially as pleasers, we don't want to be seen as selfish. I want you to shift your approach here and stop kind of scrambling and grasping at doing anything to not feel those hard feelings and instead follow me on a little journey, okay? (laughs) Um, I really want to share with you something today and that is how to ride the wave of guilt, how to get through a rush of the awful feeling of worry that you're going to hurt someone with a boundary and how to live through your feelings, you know, so that you don't try to escape your feelings by over-empathizing and giving in and doing what doesn't really serve you. So as I told you, it's becoming nicer outside and I'm ready to kind of come out of hibernation. So I was supposed to hang out with a friend recently and guess what? I bailed. It was a long week. I was tired and when I was asked to do this thing with a friend, I knew kind of, you know, I had like a 50-50 chance that I would go. And I, I, in all honesty, I said that. I kind of loosely committed to going. But the day that I made the final decision and the time that I made the decision to let this person know I wasn't going to be, you know, following through and showing up, I did all that last minute. So it was uncool, I know. Um, And yeah, so I did that in the morning and I put my phone down and I started meditating right after that. So I sent the text (laughs) and I sat with myself. (laughs) It was perfect fucking timing to be sitting still and quiet, let me tell you. Right after saying no to someone, ugh, as a pleaser, this is kind of torture. But it ended up being a great time to watch and feel and work through my no, because I sure as shit felt guilty for bailing on this person. A voice came into mind as I was sitting and breathing, and it said, hey, if you wanted to make the other person happy instead of saying no, what would you have to do right now to make that work? What would you have to do right now to make the other person happy? And so I I answered this voice inside, as we often do, and the immediate answer I came up with was, get up from this cushion, get yourself out the door, meet this person like you said, said you would. And I started contemplating getting up, right? I kind of ran the scenario in my head. And I borrow this from the 12-step world. I sort of, you know, it's called think through the drink, right? It's like think through what action you are about to take, you know, and see what's on the other side of that, right? So I thought through what that would look like, like what it would entail, what my day would look like if I got up and did what I said I would do and go meet this person. And I couldn't get up off the cushion. (laughs) But my insides were all tied in knots. My heart was pounding and my breath had stopped and my mind was racing and I was immediately tired. 
like so tired that it caught my attention. And I realized, okay, I I just can't make this work. Even though that would make the other person happy, that's what I think I should do and I need to do. And I am judging myself for being selfish, for bailing. I can't make this work. It's just not going to work for me today. And I'm sorry. I wish I could make it work, but it's not going to serve me. And I feel like I almost was at a crossroads there because it was like I was aware of what my body's reaction to the fictitious scenario I was running in my head that was like, you need to get up, you need to go, you need to meet this person. And I, and I was aware that if, if I followed that energy, that I was choosing not to deal with guilt and disappointment, like me disappointing that person. And I was choosing that person over what I needed. And how much that charged up my body, right? The heart pounding, the breath was holding, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know what happened, but for a second, I just had this shift inside after I realized like, wow, even just running that scenario jacked my body up, you know? Like I'm not even getting up off the cushion. Like something kept me sitting here almost to like stay and get curious about what it's like if I get up and go, right? Um, I'm going to go into my closet and pick out my clothes and my heart's going to be pounding and my stomach's going to be tight, you know? And I was like, if I just sit here and I get curious for a second, instead of getting up and not dealing with the guilt and the disappointment, what is going to happen? And what I discovered was I just said to myself, okay, I'm feeling guilt right now. (laughs) What if I just sit here and feel it? Which was so weird, right? Because guilt is such a motivator, just gets us up and gets us moving and I don't want to feel this. But for some reason that morning, I could not get up off that cushion and I was like, okay, this is guilt. What if I sit here and I feel it? And I just kind of walked myself through this, which is what I wanted to share with you all. What does guilt guilt feel like inside my body? And I immediately knew, right? Like high energy, heart pounding, tight gut, racing mind, right? All the stuff that we can associate with anxiety, right? Like, oh my God, I did something wrong. Preemptive guilt and shame. Um, I need to do this, you know, differently and get away from this, right? And then I just was like, okay, what is that little conglomerate of sensations? What does that make me start to think like? What do those sensations make me start to say to myself? And then I got the list of shoulds. And then I started hearing my inner critic. You're a bad friend. You're unreliable. You're flaky. You're moody. You're selfish. Always lands on your selfish. And I just kept going. I was like, huh, what is my mind doing now that I feel guilty? And here I am. I'm in this ping pong match up in there, right? (laughs) One side says get up and go. And one side says it's not the right time to override what we feel physically. We are way too tired to get up off this cushion and go. And then I just asked another question. What do I truly want and need to do right now? And it was so 
clear to me. It was like, I just need to stay here. I just need to sit and be still and breathe. I need to go slowly. And that's going to help me move through this feeling. Because the guilt just throws me into anxiety. And then I start moving faster, right? I start rushing, running, like outrunning the feeling. And then another question came to me and it was, what is best for me to do even if it disappoints the other person and I feel legitimately selfish? And I got, it's best that I stay here and be quiet and not fill every hour the rest of my day with things to do to escape those feelings. It's also best for me to just give myself time to rest, even if that disappoints somebody because I can't follow through with something. And I really knew at that moment that both my body and my brain needed to rest. And what also came to me is one of my favorite lines in a book, and it's from a book called The Invitation by Oriah Mountain Dreamer. And it is, I mean, I didn't like have this completely in my head when I was sitting there, but I did look it up. It is, I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. If you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul. (laughs) So I stayed sitting on that cushion, my friend. And I... I got up and I felt centered. I felt better. The guilt didn't go away. I knew I had disappointed the other person and I knew I was going to live with that, but it wasn't overwhelming me and it wasn't motivating me to do anything. It just was an experience I was having. And so I wanted to give you these questions to ponder when you feel guilty And I'm going to put them in the show notes, so don't worry. And I'm just going to ask if you can experiment with sitting quietly while you ask so that you can hear your truth. Ask the question, then sit and breathe. Just breathe normally, 10 breaths or something like that, right? Give yourself a couple of minutes. Give yourself space and time. And if it's hard to sit there, you can maybe try alternate nostril breath or ocean sounding breath or, you know, butterfly tapping where you cross your arms in front of your chest and you just kind of lightly let one hand tap and then the other, just back and forth. You know, whatever helps you be with your emotional experience and your parts, right? Your internal world. You can even write it out, you know, if, you, if you're if you like, you know, oh my God, this is driving me crazy, write it out or say it out loud, voice record it, right? But I want you just to ask the questions and then answer the questions. And once you hear your answer, breathe, just breathe again. That's all you have to do. Ask, sit and breathe. Let the answer come to you. Breathe again. And then I want you to go back and I want you to read or listen or just kind of review, reflect on 
what you're saying because you're going to be asking yourself to be truthful. You're going to be asking yourself to be bare bones honest with yourself. You know, can I make this work? Do I want to make this work? What will happen if I try to make this work, even if it throws me off for the entire day? Am I willing to experience rushing or being over budget or deprioritizing something that I have to do? Just asking. And this is riding the wave of guilt. And it can be used with any emotion that tends to pull you under. But I just want you to lead yourself back to anything that centers you as you do the asking and the answering. Just lead yourself back to your truth, your experience. Hey, if I override myself, what will happen? If I stay true to what I need, what does that feel like? You're helping yourself not get hijacked when the crescendo of guilt is there. And you're sitting and you're watching the wave move through you. It's just a reaction, that that guilt, that hard, difficult, uncomfortable feeling. It's just a reaction and it doesn't need an immediate action taken. It needs to move through you so that you can look at the situation again, but through a more clear perspective. When I did this exercise and I looked again at the situation, I felt sad. I felt a little guilty, but mostly I felt sad because what I had done was I had overdone it for the week. And I knew that that had nothing to do with my friend. It had everything to do with me mismanaging my energy. And that alone gave me the gold nugget, the gem that I was going to take away from sitting with my guilt. What I was prioritizing was not as important as being with my friends. That's what I came away with. So now I have reminders all around me that say, don't overbook, don't overdo, enjoy your days, enjoy your people. (laughs) And that's what guilt taught me by hanging out with it and having a conversation with it. I wasn't actually afraid of being shamed by this person. I just have to say that. They're a friend and they are safe to me. So guilt wasn't trying to say, you know, like you suck and you should make it up to them and, you know, they're going to criticize you and think you're a bad person if you don't. I wasn't afraid of criticism from this person, but I was sad that I didn't take care of myself so I could live out my values of community and connection. And I was sad that I didn't make great decisions that week that allowed me to actually prioritize what I truly believe is a priority, which is seeing people and connecting with them. So that is the essence of guilt, right? To motivate change. And I got that. I got not that I was selfish for bailing on this person, but I got, look at your calendar, Look at what you're prioritizing. Is that really a value for you? And it motivated me not to try to overcompensate and make it up to this person, but it motivated me to be very conscious of how I spend my time and energy when I book something in my calendar. 
So guilt wasn't this fearful, awful emotion that I had, and it wasn't something that I needed to avoid. It was actually a signal and a very clear pointer in the direction of what I believe to be important in my life, which is connection and community. And I really hope that maybe next time you will try to ride the wave of guilt for yourself so that you might also uncover some gold nuggets of inner wisdom And maybe they point you to your values and your priorities. And maybe they help you when you make decisions in the future about whatever it may be that will help you realign yourself. So that is my gift to you, my friends. Ah, Guilt is not as scary as I used to think it was. And I hope that is one thing you will take away from this too. Okay, peace out. Thanks so much for listening. If this has been helpful for you, I'd so appreciate it if you could take a moment and just rate and review, and then others might be able to find us more easily. And please also share with friends that could use this information too. Okay, thanks again. And I look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future. Take care.